It is The Difference. It's a podcast produced in conjunction with Annex Wealth Management, along with the president and CEO of Annex. I'm Dan O'Donnell of News Talk 1130 WISN, 1310 WIBA, and Media, the company behind the service that you might be listening to this podcast on iHeartRadio. Dave, welcome to another episode. Good. Thanks, Dan. Lots of fun stuff to talk about this week. Yeah, and last week we were talking about Wyoming because of the crushing primary defeat of the state's lone congresswoman, Liz Cheney, daughter, of course, of the former vice president and member of the January 6th commission, huge thorn in the side of President Trump. Uh, Liz Cheney goes down to defeat last week. This week we are focused on Jackson Hole. Yeah, that's also in Wyoming and uh and Dan, in every year, all of these economists they get together in Jackson Hole, and it's been going on for you know twenty years or so. And we get not only local economists and, and hedge funds and members of the Federal Reserve here in the United States, but we also see coming to the symposium are people from the Bank of England and the Bank of Japan and and other money centers around the world, and they start talking about all of the economic woes in their areas, and they talk about what a, a what what and they talk about what monetary policy should look like, not only here in the United States, but around the world, because it's important. For example, if the Bank of England is lowering interest rates while the United States is raising interest rates, that has a dramatic effect on our currencies and their currencies and what they can export. So that is really a conversation that we want to see if any news comes out of that. And then following that, Dan, we then see the chairman of the Federal Reserve. He'll speak on Friday. So tons of news that we're going to get this week. Yeah. And what do you expect, in as much as you can sort of predict what these meetings sort of yield, what do you expect is going to happen? What I think is going to happen, Dan, is that they're going to talk about here in the United States, we still have an inflation problem. A lot of it has become structural. And that means that you know wage inflation has gone up, real estate costs have gone up. And for that, they have to continue to fight that. So for sure, we're going to see some type of rate increase in September from the Federal Reserve, probably 75 basis points because they still are behind the curve. And then, of course, in in England, uh, that thing has just got out of control for them. Inflation uh, above 13 percent. And then we saw Nord Stream, the Russian pipeline, they said they're going to shut that down. So energy prices are really going to spike major issues in England. So how are they going to compete? How are they going to uh, combat all of those things is really going to be uh, something to watch. It's going to be a rough road up until the election. You know, we always talk about uh, rate hikes essentially being the only tool to combat inflation. Is that true? No. Uh, so there's a lot of things that they have in their toolbox. One of them is jawboning, and that means just talking a story and saying, you know, for people uh, either to slow down their spending because inflation. So that's that's one of the things that they can do. But the most dramatic, obviously, interest rates. That's as you pointed yeah. out. The most dramatic thing that we're going through right now is something you'd have to go back. 30 years. And it is from quantitative easing, when they were pouring all of this money into, into the economy. And by the way, we'll come back to the inflation bill that just was passed, was more money, to quantitative tightening. And that's what they're doing. So they ran up their balance sheet, the Federal Reserve ran up their balance sheet to $8 trillion. All of that money went into the economy, a big part of why we had an inflation problem here in the United States. And now they're going to let those bonds roll off. That's called quantitative tightening. I mean, you can make an argument. This goes back 
you've got to go back to 1990 or earlier to see that dramatic of an effect by the Federal Reserve. And how quick do we think that this might have an effect? I mean, when you raise interest rates, even as slowly as the Fed has, and believe it or not, it is rather slowly, as you've said a couple of times, they're sort of behind the curve of inflation. I mean, we started seeing inflationary pressure, what, last April, April of 2021, 2022, May of 2021, I should say. So by 2022, we're already in uh, long before Putin's price hikes with the Russian invasion of Ukraine in February of this year. We were already at 7, 8% year over year inflation. And it seems pretty clear to me, at least, that the major driver of this was the $1.9 trillion stimulus package that Biden and congressional Democrats passed within the first few months of his presidency. But now we've got more government spending in the form of the, I believe, ironically titled Inflation Reduction Act that's going to spend $700, $800 billion. It's going to raise taxes. Corporate tax rates are going to go up. And now you've got the Fed continuing to raise interest rates. We've been told now for several weeks we're not actually in a recession, even though the first and second quarters of 2022 were negative in terms of GDP. Are we going to see as a result of all of this, the Fed need to raise rates pretty consistently through next spring? And could we see a deeper recession than we otherwise might as a result of that? Man, you just so much. You could do a, uh, another three <laughs> shows on all that stuff. All right, let's go back to the causes of inflation. So there's no question that supply chain was part of that. I mean, we we do know that, and and part of that was we had COVID and and all of the all of this huge demand that came out of that. So yes, there's no question pouring all that money was pouring gasoline on the fire that was already lit. But you had supply chain, you had COVID, you had all of these things happening that made inflation works. But we pointed that out. You and I, you know, here in uh, the middle of the country, pointing this out. How did the Federal Reserve get this wrong so badly? And they do, from time to time, make policy errors. This is a policy error, and will they make it another one to cause a recession? That is the reason why we are paying attention to the Jackson Hole stuff and, and, and what's happening with the Federal Reserve. So will the inflation get worse? There's a lot of economists who believe that we, are, we have hit peak inflation in the United States. And so that doesn't mean that we're going back to two. That means we may not continue on the 9% uh, pace that we've been on. So peak inflation, perhaps. Will it get back to normal? They've been late to the game, Dan, as we pointed out. So they're going to have to raise rates at least until they get to market neutral. This 75 basis point or 50 to 75 basis point that they're going to do in September could get them to market neutral. This is my concern. Are they going to continue to fight inflation? Because the next meeting is like a week before the election, the next Fed meeting. So are they going to raise rates right in front of the election? Maybe they're going to take a break in November and then, air quotes here, become data dependent after that. That's probably what we're going to see. And then the biggest question you asked, now I said there was a lot there. The biggest question you you asked is, will there be a recession in 2023? And right now, there's no doubt the Federal Reserve has a lagging effect. As they raise interest rates, it takes time for that to happen and for the economy to slow down. That puts us into 2023 post-election, and it also means that the Fed does not have a good history of having a soft landing, in other words, not causing a recession. So 
All of this says that we're headed clearly to a corporate profit slowdown, which means it's going to be harder to get some of the returns that we've had in the past. And if you want a, a guide through what seems to be an uncertain and possibly unpleasant near-term future, you need to go to AnnexWealth.com for a free portfolio review. It's called a free wealth metric. It helps you know what you own and, more importantly, why you own it. AnnexWealth.com is the place you need to be. Now, Dave, you said that not only is the Federal Reserve likely to maybe take a pause on raising interest rates because it would be a week before the midterm election that they do, but rather also that they've been uh, behind the curve, that they have waited to take action and waited. uh, As you said, there's a lagging effect. And I don't want to get too conspiratorial here, but... The Federal Reserve Chairman, Jerome Powell, serves at the whim of President Biden. Powell was not appointed by Biden. He was appointed by Donald Trump. Is there something to be said for the possibility that we were behind the curve with inflation, that that nobody really said, oh, well, inflation is transitory, it was transit, that nobody really believed that, but that if the Federal Reserve acted too quickly to stamp out inflation and drove the nation's economy into a recession before the midterm elections, that Biden's Democratic Party would be absolutely decimated and Powell would potentially find himself out of a job as Fed chairman. Am I sounding too much like a conspiracy yeah. theorist here? But yes. to me, this is just <laughs> politics 101. This is well, the world I come It's politics. From. It's yeah. politics. I, I don't think it's a conspiracy. It's politics. And, and, that's, and if it wasn't politics, they would just come right out in plain speak say, listen, we're going to raise it 75 basis points and we're going to take a look at the data because it's right before the election. But they're never going to say that, right? So that's po- that's the politics in it. But as far as conspiracy, you know, there's a thousand PhDs that work for the Fed. And you've got all of these governors, uh, Federal Reserve governors in Kansas City and Minneapolis and Chicago. It, it would be, have to be a conspiracy that would make, you know, the Zabruta film, uh, the whole thing look like, uh, child's work. So, you know, I, I don't think it's a conspiracy, but it's it's politics. And so they're going to have to say, why weren't they raising interest rates? They could say they didn't want to cause an, uh, a recession. But guess what? By all terms, we did just have a recession. Yeah. We had two back-to-back quarters. And now I get it that some economists who try to be neutral are saying, we've never had a recession when unemployment rate was so low and retail spending was out and continuing. I can see their side to be to be neutral about it. But well, that doesn't mean that we're not going to get a real recession in 2023. And that's what we're going to have to watch. And you look at, you know, what's happening, there is a bifurcation uh, of people in this country economically. And there's no doubt that the people on the lower half of that Mendoza line, whatever you want to put it at, are getting crushed by higher inflation yeah. and there's people above them at that mendoza line who continue to spend i mean the airports are full restaurants are full uh and so there is this bifurcation it's going to continue to happen that's why i think that you know this is your field not mine that's why i think the democrats are in a difficult position because their president has such a low uh a, a low approval rating where does it go from here I don't know if you saw the the most recent survey. I'm sure you did. The Republicans' gap has certainly uh, began to to close uh, with some of these bills being passed. 
Yeah. And what we do see in politics, though, is there's this sort of illusion every time there's a midterm election. It always happens right around this time, mid to late August, sometimes a little earlier in the summer. And the polls tighten up going into a midterm. Now, historically, you know and I know that the president's party typically does very, very poorly in midterm elections. And the reason for this is that the opposition is fired up. They're angry that they lost the last presidential election. They're dissatisfied with the job that the president is doing, you know. And what we've seen is that the party in power, in this case, the Democrats, typically will poll very closely. They'll do very similarly to what the president's approval ratings are. Biden has worse approval ratings than any president in modern history, and that includes Donald Trump. What we see, though, in the summer is this sort of false hope. You see the polls tighten for whatever reason. And I've got my theories about this. Again, I don't want to get too conspiratorial why polls always seem to show Democrats doing way better than they end up doing in polls two, three months away from the election. But you see the the polls show up and people say, well, wait a second, maybe the party in power, maybe the president's party won't do quite so badly. Then the polls tighten. Then the president's party gets shellacked in November. We saw this in 2010. We saw this in 2014, both huge Republican years. And we even saw this in 2018, where there was some false hope among Republicans that maybe their losses wouldn't be as bad. Weirdly enough, did you know this, Dave? In 2018, the Republican Party actually gained two seats in the Senate. It was one of the most bizarre results. And it was because Democrats were playing defense in so many states. Same thing might end up happening in... 2022 but right now as i see it i would really really doubt it yeah and that's the reason why there's so much to be concerned about and that's the reason why i want to end this great podcast and again thank you thank you for doing this this is the time to have a financial plan because it's not going to be a straight line it's going to be up it's going to be down you know and you look at what we've gone through over the last three years is to have a plan because that plan will help you navigate through all of these unknowns so getting a financial plan and then tying that financial plan and where you're trying to go with an investment plan an estate plan a tax plan that's what wealth management is, and that's what we do. And it tries to help you through all of these uncertainties that we're going to see over the next six months and one year. And that's why you need to be working with an advisor who is working with and for you as a fee-only fiduciary. Find one, an expert, just like Dave, at AnnexWealth.com. For Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, I'm Dan O'Donnell. Thanks so much for listening to The Difference. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of the podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice, or a recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.